Uh, well, this evening what I want to do is spend a little time with you, and I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you at this Refresh Summit. I know there are a lot of areas in our life that we've been expecting God to, to move in, that uh, through the past year and up until today, I know that we've been praying and we've been asking God for guidance and asking God for direction in our life. And along the way, how many know there are those ups and those downs uh, in, in, in life that sometimes catch us off guard? And life can be kind of strange and it can be puzzling at times because what we thought was going to take place, how we visualized it and how we perceived it, our perspective, it didn't turn out that way. In fact, it might have turned out the exact opposite of what we thought was going to happen. Our perspective didn't match up with the outcome. And sometimes it's our perspective uh, that we have that needs to be adjusted uh, to line up with God's perspective, with God's point of view of our life. And uh, I tell you this morning or this evening, God wants to help us to readjust that perspective. He wants to help us to realign how we see life according to his word, not our own understanding. That's important. Perspective is critical. I read a story about uh, um, a boy's perspective and how he saw an event take place as opposed to his father's perspective. How many of kids see things differently from adults? They, they, they look at life differently than you and I do. The story goes that this father was driving with his three young children one warm summer night when a woman in a convertible in front of them, ahead of them, stood up and waved. The only thing is, is that she was stark naked. As the dad was reeling from the shock of what he was seeing, he heard his five-year-old shout from the back seat, Mommy! 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 That lady isn't wearing a seatbelt. You see, she saw what was going on from a completely different perspective. And sometimes the perspective that we have as men and women of God is out of line with what God wants, to wants us to see, how God wants us to react. You see, when we focus many times on the negatives of life, it's very difficult to see any positives. And when that begins to happen, what takes place is the enemy begins to lie and speak to us and tell us that, you know, you really don't fit in. You really don't belong anymore. How many of you ever felt like you just didn't fit in anymore? You ever felt like that? Like maybe you just didn't belong. Sometimes we feel like we're on the outside looking in. We don't belong. Someone said that not belonging is a terrible feeling. It feels awkward and it hurts as if you were wearing someone else's shoes. You see, the enemy loves to make us feel like we don't belong 
where God has us, that we don't belong where we are at the present time. And it's what he uses is our viewpoint and our perspective of our circumstances and our situation to make us feel that we don't belong. Belonging is critical. Feeling like you belong is important. And I got a little video clip that uh, I want to show you of a person who went through so many trials and, and, and issues uh, in his life. But yet, when it came down to it, and through all the trouble that he got in, and all the things that went wrong in his life, he was able to say some powerful words. And most of you will be familiar with what I'm talking about when you see this video clip. You should be at least a two-star admiral by now, if not a senator. Yet here you are, Captain. Why is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. This isn't a joke. I asked you a question. I'm where I belong, sir. He's where he belongs. He's where he belongs. I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to tell him, neighbor, I'm where I belong. Come on, tell him one more time and say it like you mean it. Neighbor, I am where I belong. The devil is a liar. And he wants to make you feel like you're on the outside looking in. But I'm here to tell you tonight, uh, from God's point of view and perspective, you are where you belong. You are in the presence and in the will of God in spite of the hardships, the struggles, the disappointments, the, the failures. God has you right where you need to be. Right smack dab in the middle of his will for your life. I've entitled uh, this message, uh, I'm where I belong. I tell you what, for 46 years uh, through the testings and the trials uh, and everything that we have gone through, my wife and myself uh, and this congregation uh, uh, in, in life and in ministry, in spite of all of that, we are where we belong, uh, in the presence, in the power, and in the will of God. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Uh, it only matters uh, what God says. Uh, and we need to learn to view life from God's point of view. In 1 John chapter 4, and in verse 4, John writes and says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint or perspective, and the world listens to them. And then he says it again, but we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. That is how 
we know if someone has the spirit of truth or of deception. See, when we know we belong to God, we have the spirit of truth ministering, bringing assurance that we are where we belong, where God wants us to be. Why is it so important to find a place where you belong as a man or woman of God? Why, why does it matter? Well, several reasons. Number one, there's some studies that show the, that the lack of belonging can affect our motivation and our well-being. When you don't feel like you belong somewhere, you don't feel motivated to do anything. I remember as a kid growing up, and on our block, you know, there's other kids and my cousins and stuff, and when we grew up playing together, and when it came time to pick baseball teams or football, you know, I was the youngest, and I just didn't look like I fit in. And so, you know, they, everybody line up and, okay, I'll take him and I'll, you've been there. I'll pick him, I'll pick him, and I'll pick him. And, you know, by the time it's over, I'm the only one that's left there. And I felt like, well, what's the use? You know, I, I hope they pick me because they're still short. <laughs> and, and it makes you feel like, well, gee whiz, who cares? What? I'm not going to make any difference anyway because anything, I could do anything. I felt like I didn't belong. Have you ever been there? Like, like, you just, you know, you went to a party and you're wearing the wrong clothes. <laughs> Another study conducted by researchers published in the Australian Journal of Education and Developmental Psychology stated that children, listen carefully, are more likely to bully and act out when they feel they are not part of a group or community. And so that's why it's important, and that's why here at New Harvest Christian uh, Church in Norwalk, and I know our other churches that are here tonight have the same mindset, we want to do everything we can to make our young people and our kids uh, feel like they are important uh, and they belong uh, to something greater than what the world has to offer them. Because we don't want them to end up uh, feeling like uh, they, they, they don't belong anywhere or they, they can't accomplish anything or they don't matter. Because when you don't feel like you belong, uh, it feels like you don't matter. Like what difference does it make? That's the way the world wants to make you and I as Christians feel. Like we don't belong, that we are some, something weird, uh, abnormal, that that is just out of tune with the rest of the world. And the devil is a liar because we belong to God. The devil is a liar because we belong to God. We are in the perfect will of God. Another sociologist proposed this human need to belong was one of the five basic needs required to be or to feel fulfilled in life. Belonging is important. Belonging is, is critical for us when the devil comes to lie and says, you don't fit in. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, don't, don't even bother being a part of what they're doing. And it went on to say, in fact, after physiological needs like food and sleep and safety needs, this man ranked the need for belonging as a next level up in the order of human needs. And there, there are people that, that examine 
people's lives and, and how they react in life to certain circumstances. And when they found that a person felt like they didn't belong or there was that sense of being left out, they didn't feel like they were going to fulfill anything in their life. And this is why it's so important, the scripture, that many times we pass over in 1 John 4, that you belong to God. And don't you ever forget that. When you feel worthless, when the devil makes you feel like you're not accomplishing anything or like you don't matter, understand you belong to someone who created the heavens and the earth, uh, who uh, is the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are a child of God. And you belong to God. Belonging is a need that every person has in their life. Because when you feel like you belong, you feel like you're loved. Isn't that right? When you feel like you belong, you feel like, yes, somebody, they, they love me. They care about me. Maybe this evening, you're having difficulty fitting in to where God has you. Finding your place in the body of Christ because you feel like maybe you don't belong. I want to encourage you this evening that God has a perfect place for your life. It's, it's like that puzzle that every piece matters in that puzzle. And I want to tell you here this evening that you matter to God where God has you and you belong in the place that God has you in tonight. One of the ways to feel like you matter, and that you belong, and that you fit in, is a place called service. Pastor Tim ministered on that a little bit this morning, and he talked about serving. He talked about what serving meant, what it meant to be a, a servant, and what that looked like. And, and the Apostle Paul, throughout the Word of God, speaks about uh, the body of Christ in, in the book of Romans, and he talks about uh, the different parts of the body and how each party, uh, part of the body is integral and matters uh, and fits in the way God wants it to, to fit in. And they're not all the same. All parts of the body are not all the same, and they vary. And so, if you want to fit in, if you feel like you don't matter, then find a place to serve in your church. Find a place where you can begin to help somebody else and make a difference in your church. The question we ask is, why do 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work? Isn't that true, pastors? Seems like 20% of the people, they've got like, this hat on, they've got this hat on, they've got this hat on, they've got this hat on, and 80% of the people are watching them change hats. Why does that happen? It's because people haven't found their place yet. They haven't found that place where they can fit in and begin to serve and begin to make a difference. I want to tell you, when you find a place to fit in to your congregation to start serving, your life will turn around 180 degrees. You might be saved. You might be a Christian. You might speak in tongues. Uh, you might know your word. But I'll tell you what, if you're lacking in service, uh, there's something missing in your life. And if you want to uh, uh, remedy that and, and you want to begin to uh, take a, a, a step of faith, and if the devil's been lying to you, like 
man, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same old, same old in my walk with God. Well, then start serving someplace. Talk to your pastor and say, Pastor, what can I do in the church? Where can you use my life? And I tell you, when you do that, things will begin to change drastically in your perspective of life's difficulties, how you go through them, when you go through them, and when you come out of them. Because your mind isn't on yourself, it's on serving somebody else. You're not fixated on your problems, fixating on, on those things that are going wrong, but you're, you're, you're thinking about praying about this person. How can I encourage that person? Many have the wrong concept of what it means to serve. That's why a lot of times they don't want to get involved. They don't understand what serving means. Pastor Tim did a great job. And I'll continue on a little bit. This, go ahead. That's great. Did, yeah, I'll continue a little bit to uh, let you know my perspective of service. Many times people think that serving is going to be time-consuming. It's, it's going to take up a lot of my time, and Pastor Tim talked about that. Or they say, well, I don't have any talents, you know, so I don't have any gifts. And so what, what, what can I do in the church? So brother so-and-so is, is talented at doing that. Sister so-and-so over here can do that. And so, you know, who needs me? I'll tell you who needs you. Somebody in your church needs a word of encouragement from you. Someone in your church needs to hear a testimony of victory in, in, in your life that you experienced. Someone in your church needs to hear your experience of how you've been serving God and God has blessed you so they can be encouraged. That's called serving. That's, that's called encouraging. That's, encouragement is part of serving. In Mark chapter 9... In verse 41, it says, For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink, because uh, you belong to Christ, by, will, by no means will lose his reward. Because you're a Christian, if you take time to serve somebody, you know the folks that were serving this morning uh, in, in, for, in our break time? They've got rewards coming. Because what they did was they served you and me. Amen. That wasn't very complicated, was it? It wasn't, you didn't, I mean, don't misunderstand me, but how much talent does it take to put donuts on a plate? <laughs> how much talent does it take to put cups out on a table? How much talent does it take to make coffee? Yes, but it's an act of service. And people did that. And so can you do that if you're not doing anything? Go to your pastor and say, Pastor, can I help serving? Is there some place that you can uh, use my life to help take the pressure off of this brother or that sister? Just give it a cup of water, Jesus said. With an attitude of love and compassion is considered an act of service and it's going to be rewarded. How many like rewards? We all love rewards. We read about the Good Samaritan in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, and we're talking about perspective. How do you view serving? 
View it according to the Word of God. View it according to, to, to the gospel. And your perspective will change. Your viewpoints will begin to change. The Good Samaritan helped a man who was robbed on the highway. He stopped and took time out of his busy schedule. And yes, as Pastor Sergio said last night, and we're referring to that, many times serving is going to cause us to be inconvenienced. And this man allowed his life to be inconvenienced on his journey to help this man who was robbed and beat up on the highway. Not only did he do that, but he got into his pocketbook and paid for the hospital bill and the hotel. Now, I don't know if we like serving that way. Opening up your pocketbook, that's called serving and helping somebody, investing in someone else. I get so excited when we're, we're getting ready for our battle for, for the youth. And I think about, you know, there are kids. There are kids that, that maybe aren't able and families to afford that battle. There are people in the congregation who open up their wallet and pay for that child to go to that camp. They open up their wallet. They're serving. They're encouraging. Just like Barnabas, son of comfort, son of encouragement. That was, that's what his name means. And he did that, as we heard this morning, for the Apostle Paul. The mindset that we have many times when it comes to ministry or comes to serving, we get bogged down in all, all the, the, the stuff and our perspective is, is wrong. How much more could our, our congregations accomplish? How many more people could we reach if we all got the mindset of a servant of Jesus Christ? Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. That mindset of being a servant. The widow of Zarephath. When Elijah came to her and asked her for some of her meal. She gave him the last that she had before her son and herself were going to perish and die. But God honored her service. Her sacrifice, that was a sacrifice because that was all she had. God honors sacrificial service. It's easy to serve when it fits into our time schedule. It's easy to serve when it fits into our, our, our days where we, we've set aside for God. But how tragic it is when we forget why we have those days to set aside. Why we have days on our calendar that we can go places and do things. It's only because God has given us the life and the breath to be able to live to do those things. And how we become so stingy with our time that we can't sacrifice to serve other people or serve in the house of God. I thank God for the ushers. I thank God for the Sunday school teachers. I thank God for the children's nursery. I thank God for the medium, um, uh, media ministry. Thank God for the worship ministry. Thank God for every single ministry that we have in our churches. Why? Because there are people serving. People who have a mindset, perspective, a viewpoint uh, from God's word, not what 
their, their feelings or their emotions are telling them. Because when you comfort, when you support, when you encourage someone, God is there to bless your life. So many people are missing out on the blessings of God because they're not serving. So many people are missing out on the reward that God has for them in their life because they aren't willing to sacrifice time. There are so many places in New Harvest Christian churches where people can serve. How many can say amen? Right, pastors? So many places. Pray and ask God. Seek the Lord. God, where do I fit in? Where do you want me to be in the big picture of our church? A couple of weeks ago, or last week, 4th of July, we had our fireworks booth out here in the back. And thank God for all those folks for, was it three or four days, I think it was, that came out during the day and during the evening to minister, to sell. And it wasn't just selling fireworks, but they were face painting. They were blowing up balloons. They were, they were, they were fellowship. They were barbecuing. They, 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 were, they, they were serving each other. They were having a good time. But why were they doing that? To raise funds for the church, for the kids, uh, for, for our, our events uh, that we have here. They were serving. They took time out of their schedule. They were even making puzzles. In fact, when Nancy and I came here, and, and we, were, we were here and, and talking to them, there was a puzzle, and it was a beautiful puzzle, but it was missing one piece right there from the middle. I said, what happened to that piece of puzzle? I don't know. They got lost or maybe it didn't come. And you know, we spent more time talking about that missing piece of the puzzle than we did talking about the whole puzzle itself. How many know puzzles can drive you nuts sometimes? That's why in Spanish they call them rompen cabezas. Because they break your brain. They, they, they break your mind. And there was that puzzle. And I'm sure that they were frustrated because that one piece of the puzzle was missing. And because that one piece was missing, it got all of the attention. It mattered more than the rest of the pieces of that puzzle. You see, when you don't serve, when you're not fitting in where God wants you to fit in in your congregation, it's a missing piece of the big picture of what God wants to do in your congregation. We look at the pastor and say, well, he should do more, or his wife, she should do more, or the disciples, they should do more. But the big question is, why aren't you doing more if you're not serving? Because you're that missing piece uh, to that picture in your church. I think about one piece, the importance of one piece, how important you are to your church, even if you don't think so. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus teaches uh, three different parables about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the, the parable of the lost son. 
and every time each one of those was found, the Bible tells us, there was rejoicing. There was joy. I want to tell you something. When you step into ministry to serve, when you fill that empty place, that place that is missing where you can fit in, there's going to be joy in the church. There's going to be uh, uh, rejoicing. Why? Because that place has been filled. I get excited when new people sign up for ministry. I get excited when people volunteer to serve. Why? Because uh, that those missing places now are being filled uh, with people's talents, with their gifts uh, and their abilities uh, where God wants them to be used and utilized. Don't exclude yourself because what God wants you to be in that place that you belong. Don't let the devil lie to you tonight just because don't qual disqualify yourself you can't sing like some folks sing on the platform so what you can do something else just because you can't preach like some of the pastors preach that's okay God will find another place for you to fit in just because you can't teach a Sunday school class like so-and-so can don't disqualify yourself. God has a place where you can fit in. God wants you to fit in to your church to serve. And when you do that, that, that sense of I don't belong or I'm not necessary or I don't feel needed will begin to turn around. And God will begin to cause you to feel like you're accomplishing something in your life. You see... As our worship team makes their way up this morning, this evening, we affect each other either negatively or positively. When we exclude ourselves, we affect the whole church. When we don't serve, it affects the church. And it works the other way around too. When we serve, we volunteer. It makes a big difference in the outcomes of whether it's an outreach, whether it's the church service, whether whatever it might be, it makes a big difference. If you keep your spiritual gifts to yourself, you're only robbing yourself and you're hurting uh, the church. The body of Christ will be negatively impacted when you're not where you belong, when there's a hole in that puzzle and you've caused that hole. There's a place where God wants you to be. Just like the right place, the right fit. I tell you, there would have been rejoicing at that fireworks booth if someone found that missing piece of the puzzle. Isn't that right, George? Man, I'll tell you right now, they, they would have been jumping up and down. God wants you to be in the place that he has prepared for you. You belong to God. And because you belong to God, God has a place for you to fit in. I have another video clip that I want you to see. You're where you belong. 
make us proud. You're where you belong. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're where you belong. Do it one more time all together. You're where you belong. Through all the mess and the hardships, the struggles, the ups and the downs, uh, you're here tonight because you belong here tonight. You're here tonight because this is where God wants you to be. If you're not serving, if, you, if you're not in the place where God wants you to be, then find that place. Those of you that are watching online, you might be watching online from home. I understand if it's a medical need, if it's a, 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 a something that you're out of town or, or you're not able to get here. I understand that. But if you're perfectly able to come to church, but you don't come because it may be too comfortable for you to stay home or too much trouble to get dressed and come to church, I have to say, you're not where you belong. You belong here with the people of God, encouraging, serving, laboring, praying, and helping each other, encouraging one another. Folks here tonight, you're where you belong. I'm where I belong. And when you have that confidence and you can say that, you'll be motivated to do more. You'll be encouraged to step out in faith. And the lies of the devil, they're going to bounce right off. Because like Maverick, you got that confidence. You're, you're kind of like that cockiness of, man, I don't care what they say. You know, you're a relic. Well, okay, but not today. I'm here today, and I'm doing what God wants me to do. Let's give God praise here this evening. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Tonight, maybe you're not serving Jesus. Maybe you're not walking with God. running from God. You need to be where God wants you to be. Where God wants you to be. If you're a backslider, you belong back in church. If you're not serving Jesus, God wants you to serve Him so that he can begin to heal your life. He can begin to strengthen your family that might be falling apart, your marriage that might be in chaos, your kids that might be running wild. 
where you belong is in the presence of God in church. So if that's you here tonight and you're not serving God, you're not saved, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, then tonight is your night to make a change and be a part of the family of God where you belong. Would you slip your hand up if that's you as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed here tonight? 